Welcome to the Life as an Observer podcast. My name is Ryan Bean. I am your host in self-observation. This podcast is an exploration of physical and non-physical self through discussion around yoga, meditation, self-improvement, self-realization, and practices that elevate the mind-body-soul connection. Let's start observing. This episode of Life as an Observer is made possible by patron support. If you'd like to support this program, you can visit patron.podbean.com backslash life as an observer to learn more. Well, hello and welcome. I'm glad that we're all getting to meet again today and here on Life as an Observer. I have been heavily influenced by the idea of change um, the last couple, I guess maybe even weeks. I've been thinking about how I'm changing or how things are changing around me. Maybe it's the, uh, the solstice coming up and just changing into the fall and the winter and just things being impermanent. And... I came across a, a talk from Ram Das that I'm going to be paraphrasing a little bit today, but also going a little bit deeper into my own thoughts regarding making friends with change. And I think it's something that we hear pretty often, but we don't necessarily always embrace it. We just kind of nod our head and go, yeah, all things change, but we are still kind of stuck in our, in our patterns. There's a, a thing that can be counted in life and it's changed sages and scientists and philosophers and all kinds of different thinkers of our of our time have all agreed on this simple fact that change is imminent. Uh, even Buddha is quoted by saying that all conditioned things are impermanent. And Thich Nhat Hanh said that thanks to impermanence, everything is impossible. This is kind of a, a really profound message as we move through this duality or even polarity of wanting to to become bigger, stronger, uh, more deeply rooted in our journey, more deeply rooted in our in our awakening, but yet we're always being held to that that we know is permanent or impermanent, really, where we hang on to our appearance, our jobs, our relationships, the way that we move through our day, we can try to see change with new eyes and appreciate what it brings to us. But have you ever stopped to consider what a world without change would be like if it was always the same? It's nice to have routine and it's nice to have these things that we cling to that keep us rooted, appreciating what we have. But what would not having change be like? Many of us feel that we live in a, a, a place where fear and anxiety, maybe they even come from that expectation that there will be a... a something worse on the horizon. So if we change, we, we cling to that emotion of fear or anxiety because of what could happen, whatever the reason. 
Uh, fear blocks our ability to meet change with acceptance. Just saying, I welcome you. Come on in. This open-mindedness that allows there to be mindfulness, to become more aware of the, the dialogue that's taking place within. Listening to ourselves and saying, what am I actually afraid of? In fact, the more we let ourselves experience change, the more we may realize that there is something we can survive and benefit from. Life doesn't necessarily get easier, but using mindfulness and accepting change, we can ride these waves into a, uh, a place of equanimity and resilience. I've always used that, that term resilience as it relates to yoga, because I, I think that we want to always either fix something or recover it, take it back to where it was, or maybe there's something better waiting for us on the other side of that change. But really, resilience means to bounce forward or to kind of ride that way of going forward rather than trying to go back to the way we were or foresee where we're going to be in the future. Resilience means. I'm going to take whatever is dished out at me and I'm going to ride that wave. Ramdas said that it, our human forms are composed of and surrounded by infinite myriad of forms, all in constant motion, from the subatomic to the cosmic in scale. This is what is sometimes described as the dance of Leela, the enchanted dance that exists, uh, the divine interplay of consciousness and energy. Amid this divine play, we seek fulfillment, uh, perfection, flow, freedom, enlightenment, oneness, whatever it is that you want to call it. But in this dance of our human condition and our non-physical condition, we move into this cosmic dance of Leela. Our form will eventually rot, decay, die, our incarnation. And that is something we can never escape, even though it is on this human form that we try to cling to it. We try to cling to its youth. We try to cling to its performance. The way we live is always constantly changing um, based on technology or whatever is in that present moment. We can't cling to our form or even really um, the experience because they will decay. There is a formless state that we need to go to. And Ramdas goes on to talk about attempting to hold on to anything in time is ultimately futile and the cause of much suffering. Clinging to staying the same causes suffering. And it's because we are, there is an impermanence. I remember hearing a, a, a talk uh, by Ramdas where he discussed how this time period, this space that we are hanging on to, this incarnation of, you know, maybe a hundred years at its maximum for many, even shorter for others. We're always one breath away from our death or our enlightenment or our, the next moment. And we cling to this impermanence and it creates suffering and letting go and making friends with change is joy. 
It's liberation. It's freedom. Making friends with whatever that is, whether it is losing your hair because of uh, balding or whether that is losing your young physique due to uh, changes in life, um, having children, um, whatever that is, clinging to that uh, facade that is perfection and really moving into this place of impermanence allows you to make friends with that change and find joy and liberation. There will certainly be other incarnations where your body may look different, feel different, um, even have an, a, a strangely different appearance. And for us to spend, you know, 80 years clinging to the idea of permanence in this physical form seems like a lot of wasted energy where we really could be going through our forms and move into perfecting the formless. You see, we have our, our physical body, which is guaranteed to decay and to die. We have an astral body and we have a causal body. And these different forms also rest on different planes of consciousness, other realms. So while we're clinging to one realm, which only has a physical form, and we're trying to perfect it, knowing that ultimately, nature, source, all the, the things that have been put in, in place to guide, but also to deteriorate that form that we're spending so much time perfecting. Now, you're not going to hear me talk about don't exercise because you're you're going to, you know, you're going to rot away anyway. No, definitely. Your body is your temple. Treat it well. Feed it well. Rest it well. And that is your physical temple for this incarnation. But you can do all the exercise and eating right. And but if you never work on your other forms, and you never work on your mental state and your spiritual state and your connection to source, you will still be unhealthy. In that same talk that I was telling you about with Ram Das, he said something about a, a tale or a, I guess a story for metaphorical learning about how long we've been doing this dance, this dance of Lilab and going back and forth between our existence, our incarnation, our, our um, this state of being. And the tale is, is about a, a mountain. The mountain is uh, one mile wide, one mile high, and one mile uh, long. So one by one by one. Uh, one mile long, one mile high, one mile wide. And the tale is of a bird who every 100 years crosses over the mountain with a silk scarf in its beak, rubbing the or dragging the silk scarf across the mountain. And the tale is that as long as it takes that bird every 100 years, scraping off a piece of the mountain as it passes by, and until it is all the way down to its base, Every hundred years, he does it once. That is how long we've been doing this dance. You, your non-physical self, has been dancing 
within carnation and incarnation. For as long as that bird is continuing to fly over every 100 years. And that's just a long time. That's just a really, really long time. It is something that we maybe can't wrap our arms around. Because, see, we live in this... We live in this incarnation that says we need to embrace this moment, embrace this body, embrace this, all this. And we're right here in this moment. And that's great. It's great to, to embrace the moment of the physical existence and find appreciation. But when can we look past and start our great awakening? This illusion that comes to us, that's passed to us, um, as we give birth, this illusion that shows up and this illusion that um, this is where we're at on this physical plane and every other plane sort of washes away. We don't remember it. And our hearts maybe are filled with like this bliss of realization when we finally come into it, when we learn about our, our self of our infinite love and when we begin to work with the universe we begin to find that love is the is really the way back to ourselves. That we can get back to ourselves just by maybe noticing that it is beyond our physical form. This tiny fraction of humanity, which is our heart, but still many, many beings finish their work on this earth and complete the process of realization and integration of form and the formless. We can do this even though we are human. We tap into our heart. We tap into gratitude. Long before recorded history, human beings were awakening out of the illusion. They were waking out of this illusion of separateness, whether that be, um, you know, the, the Indians, you know, in India calling it this Maya, that illusion, or other, other names that have been given by um, ancient cultures, all addressing this as this illusion of form and to formless, this dance of Leela. So this process of moving in f away from form into formless, it almost, from an outside perspective, looks as though we're trying to escape uh, reality. It almost seems as though we're moving into a, a position where we can say, you know, I don't need, you know, the suffering and the challenges that come away from this human condition. And I can move into this place where I'm essentially high. I can move into meditation or I could move into altered states um, through chemical and I could do all these things to move away from the form and move into the formless. But the challenge is, is no matter what happens, we always come down. We always come down. There's no permanent state of ananda, this permanent state of bliss, while we're still attached to the form. While we're still attached to the form and we have to come back to it. We have to come back to that reality of who we are. It's almost like 
an, an analogy I'd like to for you to kind of envision with me, and we'll just call it a, a very simple um, visualization meditation, is see if you can maybe drift away into a vacation that you've had in the past, or maybe even one that you're thinking about going on. And as you close your eyes, we you imagine that beach or that mountain or that desert or that, just that space where there's pleasure for you, where you feel more connected to the formless. You feel you feel nature. You feel nature embracing you. You feel your new surroundings. And almost as though you've distanced yourself from your own narrative. This is my job. This is my life. These are my responsibilities. And we've drifted into this vacation mode where we can not have an agenda if we don't want to. We don't have to look at our calendar. And you can be totally removed from electronics. And we find ourselves in this dance where we start to create new narratives where we say, That's, this is wonderful here. I want to stay here longer. I want to be here. I want to move here. I want to recreate this experience here. And we find ourselves getting caught right at the end of our vacation maybe where there is suffering where we say, well, I don't want to leave. I don't want to go back to, I don't want to go back to reality. I don't want to go back to my incarnation. But you see, you've never left. You've always been there. This dance with the formless and this dance with the nature and communing with source was never you leaving your body. It was you associating the experience with a higher state of being. It was you ex- you extending this offer to your astral body and for the place where you hold your most joy to come and dance, to come and play, and to create this facade and concealing of the suffering that you have with your daily life. So as the vacation ends and sadness may show up and this is where suffering begins, but where can we in our in our daily life and our routine get high again? We can get high on our own life where we can begin to appreciate this communion that we have with the divine, this dance where we say, ah, ah, that's what it feels like. And this is where we need to make friends with change because we get stuck in this place of fear. Fear stops us from making change. It creates this illusion that we may have failure and that failure is bad, that our thinking mind tells us we can or cannot achieve. So we have to move away from our thinking mind. We have to move into this place near your heart and 
maybe as you close your eyes again with me, just moving into that space of the heart. The space of the heart where all possibilities exist. This is where we tap into our coherence and the knowledge that created our body before our brain and mind was ever really functioning or fully developed. We had this urge to live. And that intelligence didn't come from a fully formed human. They came in an infant state with a fully developed soul. Before we forgot the the other hundreds, if not thousands of times, the bird had crossed over the mountain, we came into this existence. And immediately, we are put into a place of expectation. Expectation that We need to worry about our bodies and we need to worry about what others think. And that we need to not show our weaknesses. But what would it feel like in this new existence, the one that you're choosing now, the one that you're saying, I'm making friends with change today. I know that change is imminent. I know that I will always get high and I will always come down. That my goal maybe is to stay in that place or visit that place often to where I leave my physical existence alone where I don't worry so much about that because I know that it will eventually rot and decay. This clinging to life, clinging to existence, clinging to thoughts and ideas, clinging only brings us suffering, friends. This is, the Buddha has talked about this, the Dalai Lama. Many, many teachers have discussed this clinging to something that is not permanent. It's like putting a beautiful art piece in a public place on a chalkboard and hoping that it will stay pristine forever. When we know that wind and rain and other elements, including human intervention, will eventually destroy and erase our painting, which would then cause suffering and pain and feelings of loss. But if we just come into this place where we fall in love with the dance, where we fall in love with the creation, where we uplift our ideas with not with them needing to stick or needing to change our our past, but simply being a guide for our future. And just falling in love with that, falling in love with the idea that I can change whenever I want to. I can change how I look. I can choose how I um, show up in uh, in whatever physical form I want to be, if I want to change my appearance, if I want to change my job, if I want to move, if I want to go and be more spiritual, if I want to take up learning how to play an instrument, if I choose to evolve, I choose to evolve in this physical existence. But what I would 
also suggest is that we take a little bit of time and choose to evolve our spiritual existence, our connection to source. Because that's the only thing that's actually permanent. Everything else will fall away and we'll be stuck starting over again, getting high again, and then needing to come down. Changes that we can make in our life to constantly feel that upliftment is always going into a quiet place, finding meditation, and feeling that separation between our physical existence and our non-physical existence. Another way is through breath work, where we can begin to really feel the processes within our body working and where we're kind of the cause of that, where we start to feel things in our endocrine system, our different chemicals being produced, where we start to create our own high using our breath, thus taking us into a deeper state of connection to source, this deeper connection of, to creation. A third way is experiencing the way that nature interacts with itself, the way that plants and animals and the weather all interact together in harmony, not in competition. We never see trees competing for who is the prettiest and who is the tallest and who has the better looking leaves. It just doesn't happen that way. They just appreciate that they're trees. And when we can do these three things, meditation, breath work, and getting into nature, we begin to realize that we are exactly the same. We begin to realize that eventually we'll decay and die. We realize that we are unique and special we realize that we are products of source, that we are fabulous, fabulous spacesuits that we wear around our soul. And they function in really amazing ways, but not attached to them. It's just a suit. When we let that suit fall away, at the end of this existence, we can choose another suit. Maybe even more fabulous than this one, or maybe one that challenges us more to help us learn a few things on this path. Lots of ways we can jump into making friends with change, removing suffering from our lives, or at least minimizing suffering from our lives, just knowing that the journey is, in fact, our treasure. The journey is where we find our goal. There's not an end place, friends. There's not an end thing. We, there's a lot of talking about samadhi and nirvana and the self-realization, and that is a goal to attain in this physical body. But it is not the end. The end continues on. The end continues after you lay your spacesuit into the ground and the bird flies over the mountain wearing it down. Just another, Just another small piece with its silk scarf, just wearing it down every hundred years. That's where I'll meet you, friends. On the other side of the mountain, making friends with change. 
see you next time. Thanks for joining today on a Monday Mindful Moment on Life as an Observer. I look forward to chatting with you all soon. Um, If you haven't gone over to check out the patron page, it is on Podbean. I'll put the link in the description. It's a way for you to support this podcast if you're liking it or it's bringing any value. Um, Those are really great ways. I have a lot of really neat stuff that I'm bringing out to the patrons um, coming this next month that I've been putting together. And you can start as low as $2 a month if that interests you at all. Um, You head on over and I'll have the link in the description for that. It's on Podbean. And you can look into the to my patron account, which has breath work and even instrumentals to help with the breath work, uh, guided meditations, recorded live sessions, um, just specific kind of content for members. And you can do that all over there. Um, look on, be on the lookout for upcoming retreats, which I'll also put in the show notes. And I also have an upcoming workshop that's starting actually this week. So if you listen today on Monday or Tuesday, it actually starts on a Wednesday, but you can start at any time. And it's a six-week breathwork course, and that is happening on Insight Timer. So I'm really happy to share these things with you and hopefully coming to a city near you if you want to reach out to me. I'm happy to, to hear from you on Ryan Bean Yoga on Instagram. You can send me a message and uh, let me know, hey, we would like to have you here to, uh, to do breath work or cold immersion or meditations or something along those lines because I am traveling all around the country and I might just be passing by your city. Would love to visit. So thanks for joining today, friends. I hope to see you next week on Life as an Observer. <laughs>